Welcome to another episode of the Big DK Energy Podcast. I'm DK, and I am on the first stop of my quote-unquote world tour in Boca Raton. That's right, visiting my parents. And then I'm also having some interesting guests as well on the podcast. And speaking of that, sitting not across but next to me due to desk shortages is a another dear friend of mine who has delved deep into the world of design, especially both in graphics and in shoe. When he's not being the most fly-looking guy at a party, he's just chilling, working on his other brand deal stuff, and especially his design. Please put your hands together for today's guest, the designer himself, Mr. Ross Hartman. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody that knows Ross knows that he is one of the most artistically gifted friends that you'll possibly have. Oh, thank you, dude. I don't take compliments that well, and I feel like I'm, like, blushing. Well, I just want to make sure that whenever I make an intro, it's worthy of the guests that come on. Oh, thank you. Of course. So, Ross, you are a designer currently by trade. Has it always been that way? So, um, actually, in college, I did, you know, I was in classes with you. I actually studied game design and 3D graphics, and I did the art side. never did the coding. I was never very good at that. It's kind of like a math side brain. Coding sucks. Yeah, I hated that. It literally is like learning another language. Like they always say, oh, it's like learning. And I was never good at that either. I studied Hebrew for 12 years and I was not good at that either. <laughs> um, I, you know, I have some of it way back there, but. Once you find your nice Jewish Israeli girl, it'll come in handy. Yeah. If I can like, you know, find that nice Jewish girl, like be around her family a bunch. And once I hear it more and like I have family yep. life, then, then I'll, I'll be It'll good. come back. Yeah. Give her, it will come back. Everything is beseder. What oh, are you talking beseder. about? Um, we're getting off topic. So what I originally got into design and everything is that my dad, uh, by trade, is a real, uh, real estate agent, but he's, he's also a mortgage pro. He does everything around houses. And growing up, uh, I would go to the different showings and stuff like that with him. So I always loved architecture. So I always loved seeing buildings and seeing the different design and, and the structures. I love behind architecture is that it's something you're creating. It's not going to be like a, a piece of art hanging on the wall that you can appreciate. And I appreciate art hanging on the wall, but it's something you're creating that you can live in and that people can make other memories and like they're going to make their life inside something that you built, designed and created. And it's, uh, I, I love that it's something that people can interact with or it's something that people can interact with, not necessarily a house, but a building like, you know, the MoMA, you know, obviously like museums, things like that, where people are going to be like actually living and doing things in the space and, and really creating awesome memories that they're going to take with them for the rest of their life. So why didn't you go the architecture route then? Well, again, I feel like this is like a cop-out anyways, but I, I was just never good at math and, and numbers and things like that. And architecture is very much an engineer of buildings. Especially with all the geometry? Yeah, I couldn't do the engineering side. Couldn't. I mean, you know, people say, oh, you just put yourself and try it. Maybe I could have if I tried, 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 but I saw it more in like a 3D realm. So I loved making the worlds when we were doing the game design because mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have to worry about the physics of how the building was going to live in real life. Correct. I didn't have to think about that. There's plenty of designers that I see today where you can do that and you can have someone employed who figures out how it's actually going to live in the real world. They can figure out the math behind it, but maybe they're not the design eye. So I can figure out the design and create something. They're like, all right, that's like later on down the line type of thing, but that's one of, one of my many ideas. I have like too many things floating around. <laughs> Got it. So when you went to UCF, we took the game design courses and whatnot. Did you eventually find that art that you loved in architecture in graphic design then? And is that how you made that kind of transition? Well, I made the transition just because it's design. Architecture is design of building. So if you're being like a building artist in a sense or a structure hmm. artist. Never saw it that that's, way. That's the way I think of it because it's not just 
I did a little bit of architecture courses, but I never did like. It was never your major. It was never my major. Thank you. That's the word I was like. It was never my major or my minor or anything like that. But I did some architecture courses, and architecture is not just architecture like building wise. It's like you can have land architecture, like land design too. There's a whole bunch of different things you can go into with it. Okay, fair. But it's really it takes a designer eye with an engineer brain kind of too. But it takes a, a designer eye to make a lot of that. And from that point, I kind of just branched into well, I want to make and design things that people can hold, touch, and experience in real life and not just put it on a wall. And don't get me wrong, like I keep feeling like I'm like saying that like I'm putting down art on the wall. That's not original art, but that's fine art that you can appreciate in a different sense. I branched off of it because things like shirts and clothes and sneakers and stuff, people can also put a memory to it and experience to it. I still have my first Rush shirt from ZBZ. Exactly. So like things like that. Even though it's crappy, gilded cotton, but doesn't still. matter. You put a, a memory, to, you have memories for it. And there's a reason you, you like that. And, and you experience life in that. So that's what I like the design behind clothes and things like that too. That's kind of where I would branch off from the architecture. It's just, I want to be able to make something and give it out to people and be like, they're wearing that. Mm. I made that. They're wearing that. It's a feeling of gratification. Yeah. Because I know I like the way I feel when I put like a good outfit on, I feel good for myself. It's just like, oh man, that looks cool and this and that. And so like, I want other people to get that like good feeling. People are totally about their fits nowadays. And like when I take pictures at the nightclub and I see someone who's all like styled up, I'm like, yo, nice fit. Can I get a pic? And then they're like, absolutely, bro. And then, you know, they do all the, they do all the hair Yeah, things. you know what? As much as it might seem cringy, that's cool. Cause not making their night, but they're happy about that. Of course. If you see someone that's like wearing a fit, a lot of the times you're wearing it for yourself. Like there are people that wear shit just to show off, but like that's also just because you have money doesn't mean you know how to style yourself. Like <laughs> you have to be able to like style yourself with general release things and normal shit too. Just because everything's expensive that someone wears doesn't mean they know how to wear everything and, and combine it. So, I mean, if you look at Mark Zuckerberg and like Bill Gates, for example, they well, wear. But that's also different. They're, that's totally different. They don't care about fashion. They don't. You don't have to like just because you have a lot of money, you don't have to care about fashion and whether you do or don't. True. But I mean, people that all of a sudden get a lot of money and then they think that like they know how to dress. And they just throw everything on that's like $10,000, $10,000, this, that. Oh, just, just because gone. of the price tag. Yeah, but it's like that looks awful together. Fashion, you have to be able to go somewhere else. It's just like plain basic clothes, like whatever. It's a $20 shirt. But if you know how to fucking put it together, put it together. Even Target has some really good stuff. Yeah, Target, dude, there's, there's good stuff Walmart everywhere. Walmart even. There's good stuff everywhere. It's just like knowing how to Make style. it match. You know how to, yeah, know how to make things match. Knowing like how something's going to fit and like look draped on you and things like that. It has nothing to do with brands and all like it's just what people are connecting to sometimes based off the designer or the story behind it, how it fits. For me, I get attracted to brands and clothing based off of things like that, but also based off of I love material, how something feels. It doesn't have to have like a brand and be like flashy all over it. It's just like how it sits on me. Maybe the cut. Yeah, the cut and things like that. Like it's a color too. Like I love color design. It's a lot of nuanced things. But it's the smallest things that you would never have thought of unless you are a designer. Yeah. And it's things that you might notice either. You don't notice that you're noticing it. There's nuanced things that like when it when someone puts it together and you're like, oh, wow, that's a good looking fit. It's a good looking outfit, good looking mm -hmm. design on that. You might not be noticing why it is. This is the way like it drops down over here on your shoulder. And there's a whole bunch of different things that go into it. Absolutely. And like, for example, I'm kind of the guy where my favorite combo is tight around the chest and arms, loose around the belly. And so I love shirts with that kind of feel. But then since I'm on the autism spectrum and they have like sensory, not issues per se, but they do have to take into some sensory things into account. 
I feel like I have a little bit of the touch thing because there are certain fabrics that I just can't wear and the entire day will just be thinking, wow, this is really itchy or this really sucks. I 100% agree with you. I'm all about fabrics. Like fabrics are the big thing about like what Dude, I love about clothes. Uh, Korea, as stylish as they are, they have some of the weirdest fabrics. Like how so? It's like their skin doesn't feel anything texture-wise and they're not bothered by it because I felt some of the shirts and they, some of them felt like sandpaper. Oh, okay. You know what? It's actually funny that you mentioned that. So there's this, I don't want to name drop on brands and I can't even think of the name, but it was like, I was looking at pants the other day and I was looking at some jeans. It was a Japanese brand. Japan's been putting out a lot of really good quality, like jeans, hmm. uh, jeans and jean jackets. I don't know a whole bunch about it yet, Interesting. but maybe it's because you have to wear them. Cause some jeans, you know, you get, and, and you got to kind of like get that, like live in, yeah, get you got to break them in, break them in. When I tried them on, it was like, I can't do this. I put it on one leg. It was like sandpaper. It was like rigid and starchy. You ever take your stuff to uh, the dry cleaner and mm -hmm. things like that? I hate starch on it. I can't do that. My dad like loves to get his button downs pressed and starched. Mm -hmm. It feels awful on your skin. Like no matter how much moisturizer you constantly are doing, if, if you you know keep your skin well, it just, yeah. it is terrible. And the weird thing is too, is that everybody in Korea is like really smooth skin. What are they thinking of when they're coming up with their materials? Even the hanbok, the, the traditional Korean wear, it's great for show, but I don't know how people lived in it all the time. Hmm, that's interesting. I have to look that up because I'm not even, I'm not sure what that is. It's like a full regalia dress and oh, okay. you can even rent it in Seoul. They'll allow you to walk around one of the palaces in it. And so it's a very good photo op. But other than that, I mean, I, I do know that like there's a lot of really good fashion coming out of Korea and like Japan and different Asian countries. There's like crazy fashion. It's funny because one time I was on the subway with my sister and uh, there was this guy who wore a shirt and all it said was soft blanket. What's soft blanket? That's a great question. I don't know. But literally, I just saw the guy's shirt said soft blanket and I took a picture of it when he wasn't looking. That's funny. That's something that I, I'm not good at being sly and taking pictures. There's like funny times and, or instances mm -hmm. where I've wanted to like, like you see something ridiculous at the gym, let's say, and you're like texting one of your buddies and you want to be like, oh, dude, look at this shit. I'm it's not a, sly at that at It's all. about timing. Got to go for it. And whether they know about it or not, just... You just got to roll the punches. But anyway, you mentioned Japanese streetwear. And actually, I don't know if this is because I've been watching a lot of anime lately, but I've been seeing a lot of ads for like kimono pants and whatnot. Oh my God, that's funny. Is it like silk pants and stuff? Yeah. Like it's like, probably also that you've been watching a bunch of anime. Because like if you're watching that's content aware, like placed ads. Well, I'm surprised I didn't get like a lot of Demon Slayer stuff. Great anime, by the way. I highly suggest it. No, I don't watch it, but I know that I recognize the name. There's actually this like uh, account I follow on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a, a style fashion one or something like that. But there's a bunch of different people that are posting like videos of them doing a whole bunch of different fits. And one of them, he always posts, I guess, people like request to do different outfits mm -hmm. on his Twitter or something. And he'll post the picture. And a lot of it is like recreate these outfits from like different characters mm -hmm. from anime. Man, some of it looks crazy, but some of it's pretty cool. Like you can get some really good style ideas from some of the crazy outfits. You're not making it look exactly like it, but kind of like it. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the, the kind of like cosplaying. People, it's almost like cosplay. Like he's doing it exactly like it, but if you just kind of style like a jacket the way that that jacket looks, or like these big pants and this with the boots, I guess it's coming from Japanese style. Fair enough. Or America is like big on Japanese style and I know Japan is like big on American style and it's like a back and forth thing. It's a culture, not war, but you know. Not a culture war, but it's more like both cultures are so interested in each other's. It's almost intertwined. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not going to have any pagodas, you know, lining up Washington, D.C. No, yeah, soon. no one's going to be wearing kimonos over here. But the fact that you said that like there are kimono pants, that is a thing. 
they look really comfy actually and if that's i was a, like the it's almost like a parachute pant correct it's a parachute it's a, pant with jogger it, bottom correct exactly like it tapers closer to the calves yeah yeah so i know you like shirts pants and all that kind of stuff but i know that your forte is shoe design is that correct Yes and no. I mean, that is something else that I want to get into, but I really, like I said, it's the fashion because uh, yes, sneaker design, I love sneaker design and I have a bunch of books on that, you know, trying to get into that, but I don't know if I'd be so much as making my own sneakers. I mean, I, that is a goal too. Like for the down the line, of course, right? Down the course. Yeah. But I'd like to be working with brands at least to start out because I, you know, kind of be making my own models under their brand logo. Because then I can really see, like what I said, I, I can really see my my production come to life and, and mass produced and people Everybody's wearing, wearing it, it all over. And just, that's the other thing too, is that like having my own and making it and then sending it out and, and this and that. And I have like people that will be like getting friends and family pairs and this that's like way down the line. Nice. But, but before that, I think it'd be really cool to just be making it and not be known. I don't need to be known. I don't have a complex like that where like... As long as you have the money, I feel like that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be doing the design. Okay, so this is a cool brand that I follow, and they started as just a, a blog mm-hmm. on um, Instagram called Hidden, Hidden New York. And it's hidden because no one knows who he is, and the main owner and everything of the brand. He keeps himself hidden. There's tons of big names that I follow also that, like, are, I don't know how, what the extent of their friends with him. They're friends and work with him like through social media and through online stuff, but no one knows. There's only like very, very, very few people, I guess, that actually know who he is the real identity yeah and he says it all the time how cool it is that he can just walk around and he's from new york he lives he just walks around in new Wait, york he did an interview no no no, no. he posts oh, stuff on his he okay, posts stuff through the, through the he posts stuff through um not like with his voice but he'll like t- type a lot of stuff okay because i just imagined him in an interview but like bur- one of those like bur- fbi bur- bur- things yeah yeah no no, no nothing like that bur- 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 where it's like blacked out yeah no, nothing like that he posts typed out stuff a lot on his social media but like he'll post and be like so cool i can just walk around new york and i see all these people wearing all this stuff and he's like i can wear my own stuff but no one knows who i am that i'm wearing it and i can see all these other people wearing it they're like wow you know hidden so well yeah i guess that's a way of putting it not even like that i remember he's posted before he's like i have to make sure not to wear things that aren't already out and produced yet but still i think that that's really cool that i would love to be a designer at, like at a brand whoa those shoes haven't even come out i can get into you for thirty thousand well, dollars not, not, not even yeah, see not even like that i just would love to be a designer at a brand and look at all those people are wearing this shoe and i can know i created that model i created a design for that or whatever but no one knows you know who the fuck i am i don't have to be known from that got it and so you say by trade you are a graphic designer correct? yeah so by trade i'm a graphic designer right so, now i do emails and ad campaigns and banners and so, some boring stuff but it pays bills well of course yeah that's important but then also i feel like i don't think it's the same amount but i feel like you know it's pretty cool when they post your work right not post but like for example when email blast gets sent out and yeah, your, yeah. And your they banners they don't shown. post my work but like i just know my work is going out because we have clients that are big clients and stuff like i'm not gonna name drop but we have big insurance car insurance clients so certain car insurance a couple of them i would know like if you're xyz if you have xyz insurance like you've seen an email that i've done that's so pretty cool though yeah yeah it's cool but it's gotten a little not like boring but it's like all right yeah it, it is what it is at this point it's as, it's i've been as, doing it for a couple of years it's now. as fun as corporate america will make it if that makes sense. Yeah, that that makes sense. Because the company is fun. And I like the I love the people I work with. They're great and stuff like that. And we have a good time. Like, we're all totally digital right now. Mm-hmm. But we have a good time. But yeah, it's just, it's not like what I want to do for the rest of my life. Understandable. <laughs> you know, in our young 20s, it's like if we can find the one thing that we want to be in, that's fantastic. You know, kudos. But I feel like that's like a 1% thing. Whereas many people our age, we're just kind of meandering through life and norm to be quote unquote broke. 
I mean, not so much where you're in like so much credit card debt you can't get out, but I really highly doubt that at like 20 something years old, you're a billionaire. Yeah, well, a billionaire or even millionaire, there's like a very few that have gotten to that stage. Just to be steady paying job, good roof over the head and things like that, I'm grateful for. So, And then the fact that now that we've been virtual for so long, I've been able to balance out going to the gym super early in the morning. I'm wide awake. By the time I am logged on, I've already had a whole gym session and had protein and stuff and showered. By the time I'm logging on to start work work at nine and I'm wide awake, I get all my stuff done and then I'm, I'm done at, at five and I have the rest of my day to do anything else and I don't have to worry about running into the gym. I used to do that at the end of the day and I, I would get nothing done. Once I started that, I feel accomplished from that long day of work and the gym and then I'm free to do my own design. So that's when I started really being able to like spend more time focusing on myself and what I wanted to do. Well, I'm very happy to hear that for you, Ross. Good for you, man. You sound like you're living a a life that a lot of us want, including me. For me, half the battle is just even thinking, I gotta go to the gym. I'm not going to say it's not a battle when I wake up at six in the morning and I'm like, damn, I need to hit the gym right now. I like wake up, roll over. I run right into the bathroom and just throw cold water on my face. And I remind myself, if you go to the gym now, it's just going to be so much better. For later in the day, so yeah, you don't have to I mean, feel guilty I, about it. Yeah, I'm, no, it's just going to be so much better. I have X, Y, and Z that I'm pressuring myself for X, Y, and Z to be done in my own free time. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh shit, I wanted to do those, but now I still have to run to the gym. It just sucks. Plus, if I'm waking up early in the morning, I feel better taking my pre-workout and then going fasted and hitting like a good fasted gym session immediately type of thing. Otherwise, at the end of the day, I'm tired. How many calories have I had? How many calories have I burned up till now? And like, I need to, do I need to refuel before I hit the gym? Gym in the morning, Done. I ate everything the day before and I'm feeling great. And then as soon as I get out of the gym, it's still like 8.30 in the morning. I have the rest of the day to refuel myself. By the time I go to bed, I wake up again the next day. I, I don't feel like and the best part about working Shitty. from home is, is that when you get home from the gym, you don't have to shower and then commute to work. You don't even have to shower, dude. You can literally just yeah, come in. Yeah, I mean, in. if I wanted to be gross, I could just come in and like start, you know, sit down and start working. But I'm gross and I would do that. I don't have a leather chair. It's going to start stinking. Oh. If I sit down on that chair with a sweaty ass, bro, it's going to start stinking eventually. If I come home every day and do that, first for me, for like skin health, I got to get in the shower immediately, clean that shit off. But it works out a lot better that I'm working at home. We might be getting back into an office space six, eight months down the line again, and then I'll have to kind of tweak things because I have to be on top of my shit every morning for a timing because it only works out very specifically because of where I live right now, 10 minutes tops to get to the gym and 10 minutes to get back and 10 minutes to shower and then I would sit. If I had to like commute, I'd have to take all my shit go to the gym, shower and, and stuff there. This is a schlep. It would be a schlep. And then I don't, I don't know where I'd be eating breakfast. I come home, have my protein and breakfast at the same time as I'm starting to work. And also, if I am correct, there is actually someone very famous who works out at your gym. Is that correct? Yeah, there's a lot of famous people that go to the gym. I work out at Redcon 1 Gym here in Boca. So it's a shout out to them. They're a huge, very well-known bodybuilders, bodybuilding brand for supplements, things like that. And just like lifestyle brand in general, because they do a lot more than just the supplements. They, mm-hmm. they, it's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. Bodybuilding brand, but it's lifestyle. So their headquarters is here. And I don't remember how many years it's been open now, but they made a gym that's like their headquarters gym. And um, if I'm correct, you said Kai Green goes there? Kai Green goes there. That's pretty sick. Name drop. He's one of their main athletes. I see him there 
like every day. He's he's pretty cool. He's a really nice guy. They've had Brian Shaw there. He was like one of the really? world, yeah yeah dude. You hear he's one of the world's strong man. He's correct. He's big. But then when you see him in person, it's like, holy that, shit. That's dude. how I felt when I saw Shaq in person, bro. Oh, dude. I've never seen like Shaq He's in person. Type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I've immense. been to like, I've been to like NBA, like basketball games before and sat like, you know, they're tall, you hear all their stats and you see it on TV. But when you see it in person, it's just like, God damn, like six, seven really is fucking tall. <laughs> I mean, we had a six foot nine and a six foot 10 guy in our fraternity. So I know you like to design stuff, but then you also have a great fashion sense yourself. Well, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> of course. What are some of these brands that you like to brandish like the most out of anything? Well, so I'll name drop my, my favorite. But first, since we're talking about design and everything we're wearing, I purposely, I saw a little clip because you've been leaking some clips from some of the episodes currently doing this and uh, none of the episodes have been released yet, guys. But I saw a little clip that you guys were talking about Yee mm -hmm. and he is a favorite. I mean, that's like typical, like, oh, there's nothing special that you like Yee and all the easy stuff. Everyone likes that. But I mean, I like the nuance behind a lot of the stuff, which... And plus, Kanye is a monumental figure, not just in he, music. He is, yeah. He really is. People say he's got a crazy mind, but he's got a beautiful crazy mind. Everything he does, people think it looks weird, but it's so far in the future, <laughs> like design-wise, that you just... People don't even realize it. I mean, he's he's been trying to phase out things like laces and, and shit for, for years and like... Hmm. He does do Yeezy boots and stuff, but a big thing that he, about the, the whole Yeezy slip-on is that he, one, he wanted to replace the um, the Nike Roche. It's a Nike model that you used to see everywhere. It was like a slip-on style Nike that you used to see like people wearing them all the time in the, in the airports, probably did in they, the early did like, they 2000s. Did they ever sell them in like shit. journeys and like stuff They like sold that? them everywhere. They sold them freaking everywhere. Got it. But, and it was like an everyday shoe. It was like a slip-on. And he's been quoted saying he wanted to replace that with the Yeezy 350 too. And I really think he did because it's... You see them in the airport all the time. You see the slides all the time in the airport too. But I mean, it's one of those things you see them all in the gym everywhere. And it's like, it's such an easy, like slide on shoe. It really is like- It's an easy slide on shoe? Yeah. But back to specifically is that I, I wore this outfit because this is Yeezy. This is the Yeezy season three. And then like I wore Yeezy for the camera guys. I wore 700 V3, but I just, I wore Yeezy stuff specifically because I remembered seen that. Kanye is a great artist. He was actually one of my dad's favorite artists, especially when he first came out. In fact, I remember the first time we listened to Kanye West. I was in fifth grade, so this was like 2005 or 2006, and I forgot what line of Gold Digger it was, but it was talking about sweeping and then getting fries or something like that, and my dad heard that. I was like, wow, that was a really good lyric, and then he downloaded that song for his Generation 1 iPod. <laughs> I, I know, I remember the line because he was saying about you're working at McDonald's sweeping the floors and the next thing you be doing is you get your upgrade to doing the fries. Got it. But, you know, I remember that. You're, you're, you're younger than me. It's, I graduated spring of 2012. Uh-huh. So my grade goes by the year. Mm -hmm. Okay, sense. yeah, that makes sense. Like I started my senior year at 11 mm -hmm. in, in the fall and then yeah. graduated in spring of 12. I think um, I'm a little bit behind that, but yeah. I you're kind you're of the that. next year behind that. That's right. Like you graduated in 13. Yeah. In 12th grade. Mm -hmm. Correct. Oh, so I started 12th in 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then okay. graduated 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, okay, yeah. So you're the... A little uh, cutoff, I would say. But yeah. What other brands besides Yeezys are like some of your favorites? Oh, yeah. So my favorite is Kith. Kith. Uh, is that a brand by Mike Tyson saying Kiss? <laughs> That's funny. I, I've heard that one before. No, it's... Of course Kith, you did. Like Kith and Kin. So Ronnie Feig is the designer and, and head owner and everything of, of the uh, brand Kith. Uh, started in New York. New York. New York. Hey, I'm walking here. Uh, <laughs> but it stems from Kith and Kin, which is like friends and family, because he's all about his friends and family. When you buy into the brand, you're not just buying into the brand because 
a lot of the people that like the brand like it because of the stories behind a lot of the design or hmm. the, the collaborations that like, they have. Can um, you give an example? An example, I have two posters over here of Kith Biggie. So when he first started out, he first started out, mm-hmm. I think it was his uncle or his like cousin or something like that. Uh, David Zimmerman, uh, David Z. Uh, this is a really popular, like really well-known shoe store back mm-hmm. in the day. So he was like working there in the 90s. And he basically was like giving shoes to Biggie. He had met him a bunch of times. So like a lot of the collaborations have something to do with like something that is close to him. That's um, so pretty cool to he see. makes it a whole story and it's like he involves everybody. And he makes you feel like friends and family. I like uh, that. When you're, when you're like part of the brand. A lot of other things I like about the brand are just there's like a lot of attention to detail with like the material mm-hmm. and the colors and things like that. It's like nuanced stuff that other brands don't necessarily pay attention to because they're just like more mass produced and stuff like that. Because it's all about turning the profit than the actual delving deep into like what is a good design. Yeah, exactly. Okay. He designs and fits everything and, and it's a lot more um, process and uh, you can see the behind the scenes too. That's cool. so cool, especially since it's like a polar opposite of that hidden guy who wants absolutely nothing known about him. Now this guy is just like, no, here's the story behind this. And I, I think that's actually something that's kind of lost in the world of not capitalism, but the mass production, like you say. Of course, no product has a living, breathing soul, but when you were telling me that Kith has a story behind it, like say that they probably came up with a shoe and they designed it this way because this kind of looks like the way that this person wore this. Whereas I see like a basketball, it's just a ball. What makes it special to whether it's Spalding, Nike, or any other things, it's just a basketball to me. So it's kind of that brand whole thing about the basketball doesn't need to bounce on its own kind of thing. You, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. I feel like you just need to... Perfect a, the craft. Perfect the craft while also appealing to a human emotion because I feel like that's an added layer of... It's an added layer. Yeah, no, 100%. It's it, when you appeal to something else other than just this is a piece of clothing, but you're like putting a story behind it. There's it, meaning. There's connection and there's meaning to it. That's what I want to do with my designing. I want people to really like wearing it and feel comfortable. It's more than just wearing a shirt. It's like I'm wearing yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. You're not just, oh, there's another t-shirt in my closet. It's like, this is a piece of something. This is XYZ piece. Like, oh yeah, you know, this is a easy piece. Even this Premier Pro shirt. I don't know how I got off of it, but there was something that had led to that. I was going to say that earlier. I, I love that Premier shirt. I've Thank seen you. I've seen you wear that before, but I love that shirt. It's actually really funny because earlier today I wore my Photoshop shirt. Uh, I, I don't know why. I just had an inkling one day to go to the Adobe store and just buy these two shirts. And the thing is that it's like, oh, it's just a shirt, right? Well, one it's really comfortable so i love wearing it it is very soft but then also i'm not as great about designer as this guy right here but the adobe products have led me into a new era of my life and so like for example i knew nothing about digital art before college and then now i freelance off to the side with this besides making me money um adobe is a real skill set that really goes leaps and bounds in today's world yeah that's i i use all adobe products right now like i I use indesign at work and i use Photoshop and I use um, Illustrator. I have in the past used Premiere and After Effects um, at work. I don't do that one as quite as often. We have another guy that does that instead. Anything in design, you'll go really far because you can do a lot of different things with it. And then if you're freelance, then you can open up your own LLC and then just write off whatever you pay for the Adobe products every month because yeah. that's helping you know, your Adobe business. Max is coming up. Really? That's a big conference, right? Yeah, it's a huge conference. You can virtually attend it. It's, it's a lot cheaper to virtually attend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started doing that uh, the last couple of years because of, you know, COVID. I think it was because of COVID, but I think even before that, they already had been doing virtual attendance also. Hmm. But there's just more integrated virtual attendance now. I want to say it's like a three or four day event, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes on like all day, every day. There's a lot of different conferences you can be in. It, a lot it, of keynote it, speakers and all that ton, kind of stuff. Yeah, you, you just have to um, just like look at their website. There's like 
a ton of different ones and, and you wouldn't have to be watching all of them all day for all four correct days. you don't need to be you an adobe pick, fiend yeah yeah there's too many even if you have like specific things like you like premiere and stuff like that obviously for video editing there's going to be premiere section and it'll, it'll be like basically what the next like updates are for the, the next year and things that they're rolling out and things that they're planning on rolling out and future this and that and it's really cool Actually, one time last year, actually, I joined a live stream that they had because they put up the link on LinkedIn. And so I was thinking, why not? Because the thing is that I see all your books about design and then I see all your paraphernalia to brands. And so the thing is that I can kind of tell that Adobe is right exactly where your mindset needs to be. I mean, but, you know, it's not like I'm passionate about making digital art. And that no, sense. yeah. Well, it's not, just, yeah, it's not just all digital art. A lot of it is you can transfer the digital to real world that's what i'm trying to do before there was a digital world it started out as a drawing but everything just starts out as an idea on paper paper or fake paper screen whatever some of the best ideas just came from like ideas written down on napkins or something exactly. like that. exactly so if you don't just think about it as just oh digital art it's like no that's just the medium that is currently holding the art and you can take that and do something else with it and it's kind of funny how people like to crap on art degrees. Well, if it's digital art, that's another story because that's exactly where everything is going now. If you're going to stay with the painting medium and having to bring an easel everywhere, that's another story. Freaking NFTs. Talk about digital art right oh, now. Oh, true. I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it like on this, like, oh, I know what I'm talking about because I don't know shit about that. And Neither I, do I. I, I. I'm trying to figure it out. I get that the JPEGs are just something connected to it to hold like a, it's like a visual marker mm -hmm. that, so that's not like people are paying 10,000, 20,000, $500,000 for a JPEG photo. It's, that's just the digital marker holding this like space that you have in the digital realm. That's like, that is a space that is on the block chain or something like that i That's, really don't get it and I'm, i feel like i'm hmm. just dropping words that sound like they make sense next to each other uh, it kind of sounds like how spotify does its podcasting because the thing is that you know how podcasts for example they're like on an mp3 or mp4 file depending mm -hmm. on if they're audio or video yeah well turns out you don't directly upload episodes to spotify spotify is just the network but it requires i believe it's called dns links Essentially, you need to operate on a platforming website. For example, Spotify's affiliated site is called Anchor. Mm -hmm. And so Anchor is where you upload the MP3 files, make all the content needed for the episode. And then when you hit schedule, then it will just go to Spotify and just upload itself, kind of like in a cloud sort of sense. I never knew that. That's actually really cool. I literally I... just learned that two weeks ago. That's pretty cool. Kind of like that, but I guess because I know the blockchain, the way it is, it's like you're making a space that's like this is a unique space with a code and everything and no mm -hmm. one else can have that and that is your space and your your thing your virtual currency space thing that's what it is is that like it's unique other ones can be made but it's like there's a, a finite amount that can be made or something like that got so, it and it takes more computing space every time to like make another one it's, it's a, a realm that i'm not like yeah weird i'm not understanding it do and you know who actually does know a little bit about it who Andrew Sims. He's been trying to get into that. For those of you who don't know who this guy is, his name is Andrew Sims. He's a fraternity brother of ours, but he is a phenomenal natural photographer. And he undertook some NFTs or just to kind of do something with his brand. His nature photography is phenomenal, but I guess he just wanted to, you know, add an extra degree of that. Well, that's cool. I haven't seen him since like college. For the past three years, he's been on the road. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that would make sense. I, I don't know, I know if I haven't he's... seen him like when I've gone to like Orlando and visited everybody and visited you. Oh yeah, no, he's out west. I lived the next street over from where he did, and then it's from that house that he drove his car out west and started doing his stuff. And 
he literally outfitted his jeep to be a house i saw him building a shower unit you know like a water heater thing for showering yeah yeah yeah. i've seen stuff like that on tv from like the tiny house movement stuff (laughs) i honestly wouldn't mind living that kind of life if i could have a bathroom in my car if i could have a bathroom in my car i wouldn't move out i have too much stuff I, I can't I can't live that type of life. I don't blame you. It's not crap. It's just a bunch of things. But like, it means something to you. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I need things. It's just also I get like claustrophobic. Yeah, so I couldn't live that. You're not anyway. smog who's trying to hoard all the treasure from the dwarves. Yeah. You, you I, just like having stuff. Mostly I have a lot of clothes. I watch that show all the time, but like their closet is one, this it, tiny. And it's one have, shirt and maybe like two pairs of pants. Yeah, something like ridiculous. It's like I can't do that. I need to have a variety of stuff yeah but also i get claustrophobic and i've seen episodes where they get like a family of four it's like mother um husband and like two small children exactly oh and also when they build their houses in like an rv for example and they have to drag it around with them and then yeah i mean that's basically what most of them are dude i mean some of the tiny house ones are like tiny house that are like stationary but a lot of them are these like they're like pimped out mobile yeah it's not bad material they make it like standard quality house it's nice quality but it's tiny and I can't do the tiny. And it's like 200 square feet. There was one time this couple and they had two small children where their bedroom was literally right next to the children's bedroom. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Now, how do they do that? Like, how do they have any no pro- time? No privacy. no privacy. And then, you know, they're thinking about, you know, the kids are going to love this. But then I'm like, well, the kids are going to grow up in like a year. And then, you know, what happens after? To be fair, what happens in two or three years? Now they're in that like a different phase of being like, they're not tiny now. They're middle schoolers. Teenagers and they want their privacy all teenager. the time. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. If they're middle schoolers to begin with and then they're teenagers by then, you're getting in that phase where you're just like, I want my own space. I want a space to like go in and shut the door and be like, man, don't bother me. I'm fucking pissed off at life for no reason because I'm a fucking teenager. You know, some shit like that. Or whatever. It's that angsty phase. Yeah. Going back to the clothing and I need a closet that can hold at least two shirts. Thank you very much. Yeah, I need like two shirts, three jackets. So other than just acquiring fashionable material, I hear you also repurpose or resell fashionable material as well. I do partake in the terrible reselling market but i only did that the sneaker reselling market i mean i do some clothing too but not really as much i end up keeping a lot of that for myself yeah i mean i consider shoes in the clothing category yeah know? yeah well yeah okay so i mean like clothing fabric like put okay up, yeah, there's, and there are some things that resell there are a lot of kids stuff but a lot of that i just keep for myself because i like that um if i can get my hands on something at retail when it drops i'd rather just keep that getting off topic i keep that but I do the reselling, the sneaker reselling. Mm-hmm. I only got into that because of the demon that it is. Like to get sneakers that you like, it's so difficult at this point, and it has been for the last like two years or so in, in the market. It is just so difficult to get the sneakers you want because of the the reselling market. Because there's so many people that are picking it up, and they don't don't give a shit about having it. They're just doing it to make the money off it which you know what i mean make your money cool everyone's making a bag in yeah. some in some way i mean no one has to be killed so that's a yeah. bonus well yeah there there have been some crazy incidences um wait really yeah dude yeah oh yeah there's been some uh, even even recently um once people started getting back into malls and and, and shit oh um, no there was one i can't remember where it was someone was shot someone that worked at Foot Locker was shot over a line waiting for like a pair of jordans yeah, dude, it, shit like that has happened in the past, too. It actually, if you're in the know about all this stuff, then you know. Like, I, I wouldn't expect you to know about that because people are shot in the news all the time. Yeah, so I knew people were crazy about shoes. I didn't know they would kill for shoes, though. That's another well, story. Well, when shoes are 
150 at retail and they're reselling for like $600. I'm not saying that specific, I don't remember what that specific pair was, but when there's like such a high resale market on these shoes, people are doing it to just like, they see it as a quick flip to like try and make some money off of it. Some people could be desperate on, on shit like that. But that gets me back into what I was saying is that like this market for resale has gotten so difficult for people who collect them, but I don't collect them. Like I sit them on a trophy, like I collect and wear everything. I wear everything because I like the sneaker and I, I like it for the design or how it's going to look with stuff and how it's going to feel and fit. I want to wear it. And it's gotten so difficult for someone to pick shit up that wants to wear it at retail that a lot of the times I'm in it now. I have like, I'm part of a group that's kind of helps me like basically like pick up a, like larger quantities and other things and like limited shit here and there. And I pick it up in larger quantities and then just resell them. And I use that kind of profit to fuel my addiction for keeping stuff. So like recently Virgil Abloh and Off-White Nike sneaker, a bunch of them, uh, 50 of them. To mm -hmm. be precise, it was called, it was a dunk, but it was called the 50 because each one had like a number on it and each one was a different, slightly different colorway. Hmm. But the very last, the very first one, the very last one were totally different. Really? So they had like a way higher resale value because they were way different and people really liked that more. So the, the last one was 50 at 50. It was an all black one and all of them were all like gray and grays and whites. Hmm. That was the most different. I got really, really lucky with a, an online raffle from their in-store, the off-white store in Miami. Mm -hmm. So I got that pair. For retail. Oh, wow. 190 or Dang. something like that. I buy, my, buy all my shoes at the Nike outlet, and, you know, 190 well, is what I pay for, like, three pairs of shoes. Well, but here, but let me tell you. So it was for retail, 190 and I resold it for $1,600. $1,600? $1,600. Just a little over 1600 So you but, made over $1,400 in profit. Yeah, but I got really lucky with that, and, and I didn't keep it. Normally, I would keep something like that because it's like, oh, my God, I actually already had an off-white dunk. I have a different one. But there were plenty of off-whites that I, I couldn't get because of this whole resale bullshit because it's just too limited and it's difficult to actually obtain it. So what I did was I resold those for the high and I used that money to just go buy a different off-white that I had never gotten the chance to get that would be like $1,000 normally. That I wouldn't pay that. I wanted to pay the retails. I got an off-white blazer. I got a, a Fear of God one, which is like a Nike Fear of God. I love that name. So that's like a, a by Jerry Lorenzo. He basically, that one's a cool one because... Uh, most collaborations with Nike, it's a designer collaborating on top of a pre-existing model. Oh, he made his own model. That sounds that. So really, that's cool. really cool. So he got to make his own model out of his shoe. So I got that. I got the Nike blazer and I got one other. I got a New Balance. That's It wasn't like an exclusive one. I just love New Balance also. So I got three shoes for the price of one retail shoe. That's pretty damn awesome. Yeah. And it's really funny because, you know, everybody used to think New Balance is like the dad shoe, but honestly, it's been making a comeback. That's actually, it's funny. The most of what I have of my collection is New Balance. I love New Balance. But I have like... But it's limited, coming back. Yeah. It's coming back. Like now is when people that aren't involved in like sneaker or like anything fashion are noticing also that it's just everywhere. But like it's been coming back for the last... Few five, years. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd say like the last five years, six years or so, like that's been coming back more and more and more. I remember middle school one time I wore New Balances and they were like, bruh, what are those? It was even before the, the what are those, but they were like, bruh, you got to get some Jordans. Yeah, everyone would say that. I mean, New Balance has always been cool. New Balance has been cool. Since like the 80s. Yeah, at least since the 80s. Because I don't know if Biggie, you know, like a lot of people wearing New Balance. Ronnie Feig actually is a big pusher for the New Balance brand in the beginning phases of when it was like being made cool again. Sure. He's like one of the ones that like also helped make it cool again, even though it's... Kawhi Leonard's also cool. kind of helping. Well, he, he's helping because he got brought on because they were already becoming big and they were already getting themselves big into the basketball. But that's, I'm saying, before Kawhi 
Ronnie's been in on it. The brand's been around for 10 years and he's been big on New Balance. Like there's a, a whole bunch of other brands like um, Ame Leon Dior, ALD. They're like a brand out of New York also. It's like a streetwear brand and they've been doing a lot of big stuff with New Balance also. But in general, New Balance has been cool for like, yeah, since like 80s and 90s. It's like, it was well known. People sitting on the, on the stand around on a street corner, like mm-hmm. drug dealers and stuff like that. <laughs> You're standing around a street corner for a long time. New Balance is what you want to be wearing because it's, it's a really, comfy shoe. It's a comfy ass shoe. They started out as like arch support. That's why like I love New Balance. Like I have a whole bunch of other like I love Nike and I love the Yeezys and this and that and other brands, but New Balance are my favorite because they're the most comfortable. Like if I need to do a whole you know shit ton of walking or anything like that, mm-hmm. I'll throw on my New Balance. When I go on trips for the most part, mm-hmm. most of what I pack is a New Balance because like if I'm I'm gonna be walking around a city like. In November, around our birthdays and Thanksgiving, I'm going to Portland, uh, Seattle, and Chicago. Oh, nice. I'm probably going to be packing all New Balance just because I'm going to be doing a lot of walking. That's awesome. Yeah. So we are now at one of my favorite parts of any Big DK Energy episode. We are at the question round. And don't worry, you'll be able to keep your job afterwards. <laughs> Nothing scathing or embarrassing. So you ready? I'm ready. Excellent. Question number one. One of your shoes is put up for exhibit anywhere in the world. Where is the viewing and what three celebrity slash influencers would you have promoting your shoe? Uh, where is the viewing? Okay, so let me start with the first one. You know what? Even though I'm from here and you'd think like I'd be like, oh, Miami and stuff. I, I love Florida. I don't like the heat here and I've really been wanting to move north for a while. I, I can't stand the humidity. I love layering and stuff like that. Obviously with fashion, you can't do a lot of fashion here with layering and stuff. Correct. I'd want to be actually in Boston. Really? Uh, I love, yeah, I love New York. I love it every time I've been, but I wouldn't want to live there. The city is too much of a city and you get like, it's too concrete and you, you can't really own a car there. Uh, Boston, I love because it's a great city when every time I've been and you can still like live just outside of the city and have your car and, and there's plenty of greenery and while you know you're not going to be on the beach as many months of the year as you are here they do have beaches and you know they do have july probably probably only june july that you can go to the beach but that's all i need because i don't go to the beach that much here fair enough so i'd say boston and then when it comes to celebrities like for example if it's like the red hot chili peppers i count that as like one celebrity quote unquote if that makes sense um i'm not sure because i never had quite thought that part of well something that's why i ask well yeah i know what i had always thought of is you know my celebrity influencers would be my friends when i first have my first product usually uh, how a lot of it goes is like you, you're given a certain amount of product maybe to like pre-hand out or you know a friends and family type of thing you can be given that kind of like an allotment you know and mine would go out to those that are closest to me i'd want them to be promoting it but like the main chunk of it would be going out to people that help me maybe not help me make the brand but help me make me okay which helped me make the brand fair enough you know you've been a big part of just my life you're a close friend of mine well, so I appreciate like it. you'd get one because well, thank you i feel like part of the design and part of everything that i do is made in turn by the people that have made me i'd love you know send it to lebron okay so that's so uh, there's one all right you know because he's a big sneaker person mm-hmm. uh pj tucker is another big sneaker person and he'd get the name out there a lot Mm -hmm. so uh LeBron, pj tucker i don't know i'm just gonna go with those two drake just kidding uh yeah i mean but he got his own like if it's not nike 
Okay, fair. The best part about this question, everything is hypothetical, so yeah. therefore, no physics apply. Oh, okay, yeah, so then they both get it, and it doesn't matter about brand and stuff. Who was that third one then that you said? I said Drake. Oh, that's right. All right. Um, yeah, sure, Drake can get it. And plus, if you mention that you're also a Jew, I feel like that'll get some points with him. Anyway, <laughs> number two, you have been selected in a raffle to pick the next person to be made fun of on South Park. Who is your target? It doesn't have to be anyone like super, super famous, but it could just be anybody that you just don't like. Tucker Carlson? <laughs> I know they've specifically already done Trump and, and quite a, a few people around him, but I don't think that I can remember that they've like specifically done an episode where they've like referenced him or had him in it, even with any of the Trump episodes. So I, I'd love to see them just rip him to shit. Come to think of it, I've never seen that either. Right? So. That's what I'm thinking. Like, and, I, and I know you know South Park pretty well, mm-hmm. as, as well as I do. So I, that's why when I named him, like, if there's anyone that could correct me on it, it would be you to be like, oh no, there's this episode. And I, no. I couldn't think of it. No. Right? Yeah. So that was a good one. I wonder what the angle they would take on that. So anyway, number three, even if you haven't designed anything big yet, what is a design that you are really proud of? It doesn't even have to be for work. It could be anything in the past. The stuff that we did for that game project was pretty fucking cool, honestly. That came out like way more neatly packaged and legitimate than like I had expected being, oh, it's undergrad. Undergrad doesn't mean any difference. We were making a game. Oh, correct. That was pretty fun, cool. Yeah, exactly. So okay. I, I still have that. I'm pretty proud of that one. That was pretty cool. Dang, a game design. Man, see, this guy's so multifaceted. How uh, could you he, not hire him? Yeah, you did that shit with me, though. Not with me. We weren't in the same... We, no, we weren't in the same group. No, we weren't, but no. still. But you did that with me. We were in the same classes and stuff, yeah. so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? I remember even watching your game. It was really cool. There was, like, aliens, and, like, you had to keep your battery on, and it, if the lights go out, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. Very simple, but oh, it made yeah. it fun. That one was, like, with Daniel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there was another one I was thinking of, and I guess that one was over summer, and it was more like a platformer that we made. Hmm. It. The guy was, like, looked like a, looked like a robot guy, mm-hmm. and that one was very similar to, like, a Crash Bandicoot early 2000s, like, platformer, like, open world. World. we built that one out like really well i think that was also my second time into the class i think everyone in our group was like on their second time so that was like more locked down and that was like really cool number four you're allowed to be a guest voice actor on a show what show would that be besides south park i mean maybe like rick and morty or like uh <laughs> family guy i think rick and morty would be a cooler one morty don't give a don't give a shit about the shoes <laughs> you're such an asshole rick <laughs> mr think... poopy butthole <laughs> Ooh-wee, Mr. Poopy Butthole. Number five. Who is a hero of yours that is not a friend or family member? Hero. Hero seems like a strong word, but someone I look at, you know, for how they've built themselves and built things. Ralph Lauren. He's known how to, like, put together iconic Americana, like, style, which is different from the European style. You can mix and match in a very tasteful way. It doesn't have to be top to bottom, all matchy-matchy, the same pieces of things. By the way, did you know that Ralph Lauren is actually Jewish? His last name is really Lifshitz. Oh, wow. In fact, it's because, you know, Lifshitz, he thought that his name was going to be made fun of, so that's why he's changed his um, the name to Ralph Lauren. Oh, cool. So that's right. He's a fellow member of the tribe. Well, I was going to say, a lot of us tribesmen in the in the design industry, because Ronnie Feig, that I name-dropped earlier, he's Jewish also. And then Zimmerman is a very Jewish last name. Well, that was his family. They're yeah, their family. Uh, yeah. Exactly. They're... Number six, <laughs> you're giving a pound of California loud, and if it's not gone within 24 hours, you have to pay for it. Name four people that are going to help you. There's four people I include, so I'm a fifth, so there's five of us, <laughs> Correct. right? Correct. So you're the fifth. So... Yeah, but see, I don't know if you can get 20% of that down. 
basically it's like splitting it up like let's say 20% for each of us. I can think of four people off the top of my head right now. No, I, help me. I can think of four people off the top of my head. Okay, so Vince um, definitely would be included because I know he can smoke a lot with me too. <laughs> Brandon uh, definitely because I know he can smoke it down with me too. It's like this is hypothetical. Like it can any, be any four people. Any four people. Oh, so dude, Wiz would be fun to have. Wiz would be fun. So I had to have like two two friends that I know could smoke a lot with me. Mm-hmm. But then like Wiz would be fucking dope as shit to just have in a sesh. Um, so that's three. So I only need one more person, right? Uncle Snoop. Uncle Snoop, dude. I was about to say. I'm I was just like, like Wiz and Snoop. Bro. I was like I was waiting for that. I feel like that sounds so more. stupid. Yeah, I feel like that sounds like very like cliche but i mean that would be those two would be fucking dope as shit to smoke with especially if you have to pay for that pound after yeah 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 i'll get the pound from either one of them they both have brands they both have weed brands that are like really fucking good oh true okay i've been out to california a few times so i've tried that shit of course and that shit's good and you only do that stuff when you're out in california yeah only when it's legal california colorado yeah yeah exactly number seven you're designing a shoe for a major company like you've made it which company are you hired by? And describe the shoe. That's funny that you say that. I have that right off the top of my head. Not the design of the shoe necessarily, but I, ha- I New Balance. I want to be at New Balance for sure. That would be fucking really dope. And I love everything that they've been doing. Not just lately, because they, you know, lately is in like the last like year or two. They've had like a crazy amount of uh, collaborations. Not like that they're just pumping out being with anyone. They're very specific on like what brands they pick for what markets that they're trying to seed and get into because they know where their their stuff like is is really you know like they've been collaborating with a bunch of different japanese streetwear brands because uh new balance is huge in japan right here i have a new pair that I had gotten uh unfortunately i didn't get it in my size but oh, wow. um this is a collaboration a new balance collaboration it's a new balance uh tokyo design studio Hmm. Um, that's cause they have a special design studio in Tokyo really? where they, where they make things out of two. Huh. We never um, thought of that. Yeah. But, uh, so this is a collaboration with Stone Island. Um, and design is a, studio isn't a code word for sweatshop, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. But this is a collaboration with Stone Island. That was a pretty cool one. It's very nice. Here, hold it up. I don't think I could see it. Let's see if I hold it up like this. I, this was a really nice one. I wanted to be able to uh, get in my size, unfortunately. I, I held this, and it's less than 0.1 of a pound. This model is already a model for them. This is their like latest, best technology for um, for like a running shoe for their model, because this this fuel cell is like super cushiony and super squishy and very light. They weigh like almost next to nothing. If you're designing a shoe for New Balance, is it going to be a running shoe? Is it going to be like a gym shoe? Is it going to be just casual wear? Yeah, so I have a confession to make. I have skinny ankles. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I feel Did, like I have like... You don't stop talking. Let's end the podcast now. No yeah. skinny ankles allowed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I feel like I've always had like skinny ankles. I have like slim leg area where my calf is. Mm-hmm. So I really like high tops because it kind of covers that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the aesthetic. So they've been bringing back old school models. Mm-hmm. They're old school basketball models. And they have some high tops that are coming out. They have an Omni, it's a OMN1 or OM1N or whatever. It's like a, a high top basketball model. Mm-hmm. So I love that, but I really love their old school ones that they're bringing back. The 550 is a low top and the 650 is a high top that they're bringing back next year in spring. It's that brand I mentioned before, um, Ame Leon Dior. I would love to do something like that because I love the, the leather quality. So I love like a, a, a leather basketball shoe, like a high top leather basketball shoe. What color is it? It would definitely have reds in it. My like favorite accents, color. like the main body, the accents? I'd do like a couple different color schemes. There could be one that's like just got some red accents in it. Mm-hmm. There could be one that's got like a lot, like a main body of, of it is uh, red. 
Nice. Or just like a red sole. Call it Red Bottoms. Shout out Red Bottoms. No, I do like that. I love having like a pair of Jordans. There's like Chicago's and things like that that have like red bottoms, and that's kind of cool. It's like, oh, it's red bottom. It's just a Jordan. It's not. Yeah. A, it's not a. It's not a Prada. But, Correct. But, but still, <laughs> it's just fun to play around with the yeah. pun. Number eight. If you're allowed to go after another hobby or talent, what would it be? Like, if you were just all of a sudden like throwing ten thousand dollars and it was in the pursuit of following a new hobby, what would it be? It can't be any of like what we've been talking about because that would be jumping from my job to do that type of thing, or not like you're completely abandoning everything. It's just you know, what's another talent that is in your mind, or is there anything that's recently that's popped up that you know most people don't really know about you? Well, I guess I would do more photography. Before we went totally virtual at work, mm-hmm. we had a photography studio, and I was the like the photographer for us. It was just it was just product shots, but I have a bunch of equipment, and I do like photography. I don't really do a lot of that um in my own time so i guess like if i was given a bunch of money and it was that would be not a new hobby Mm because i have it but it would be jumping into a new hobby i would be able to expand it more and really like give give it some more time okay Um, photography is a very fun hobby i will say that number nine what is a superpower you would like to have immortality sometimes that sounds bad because I know there's a lot of implications with that, and you know they they they've gone into that with di- tons of different shows. You know, if you have immortality, you you outlive all these people that you know are, that you care about and things like that. And that obviously sucks. And maybe if you can take someone with you, yeah, I guess get, you know if you could impart that immortality with at least like someone, you could have like a lasting connection with type of thing. I'd like to see what you know what happens in a hundred years. 200 years and then be things that get created and everything that could just all like where we're gonna go and and you have the reference point because you were in the eras beforehand yeah come up yeah i'm always like mystified by like the concept of like i know obviously vampires and monsters and shit like that don't exist but i like the concept of just like shows that someone that lived for the last 500 years like think about someone that has seen everything that's happened just like all the stuff i don't know it's just I'm not, I've never been good at history, like remembering history as like a being a historian, mm-hmm. but I love history in, in, in that terms of just like imagine being able to experience all these things that, that happened and, and see where, we, how like far we've come, even just in the last hundred years, think about 10 like, years even. Well, yeah. But I mean, even think about someone who's 90 years old right now, William Shatner just went up um, to space to space and, you know, he played, you know, Captain, Captain Kirk. Kirk. But when he got that, he was already 35. Think about how much he's seen since then. All the things that someone has lived through in just a, in the last hundred years. Now think about like fast forward, how rapidly things are changing. Every five years, there's so much new technology. I'd love to be able to see what's gonna, what we're gonna have in 150 years from now. Interesting. I would never have thought of that as a. Not, it's not. It's not that that isn't a power, but I never would have expected that answer. So good one. And number 10, this is the last question. We're already at the end. Sorry to say. What is a favorite recent accomplishment of yours? I don't know. I guess just that I, I'm not a morning person. And the fact that I have been, you know, shifted my whole schedule to do freaking 6 a.m., wake up and do the gym. I felt like for myself, I was like, damn, good job. Like I, I felt That's pretty, a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I felt pretty accomplished being able to like do that because once I started doing that, um, and then I would be like wide awake to start, you know, my work at 9am already. And, and I'm just like, 
I have the rest of my day to do my own design once I'm clocked out. So really, that felt like an accomplishment. I was like, man, I can really get so much more done now. That is an accomplishment. Don't talk yourself down to thinking that it's not. It is 100% an accomplishment. Well, since the question round is over, we have now come to the conclusion of the Big DK Energy episode. And so, Ross, thank you for showing up. Uh, thank you for having me on. I, I really, really appreciate that you reached out and asked me and it's been fun it's a lot of a lot of fun that's all that matters and so i reached out to you ross because besides being someone who's very knowledgeable in what you do as a designer you have that eye that i would say a solid 98 percent of the population does not have and it's without people like you life would be more boring and so with that and also your very keen fashion sense and then your overall just personability that is why i believe you ross hartman have big dk energy Thank you, man. Hey, get that little brother slip. It's been a minute since I did that. I almost forgot. <laughs> a lot of people forget that, but yeah, exactly. So, um, folks, we're going to have all of his social media in the description box below. And um, if you could give a like, comment, share, subscribe, it would be much appreciated, whether it's one or a thousand. I still appreciate you. And uh, before we wrap things up, uh, is there anything else you want to promote or say? No, this, that was everything was great. It was a good episode. All episodes are good episodes and uh, nothing else to uh, plug or promote. I, I feel like thinking back, I uh, name dropped a bunch of things. So uh, hopefully uh, that'll get some attention maybe too. You know what I mean? Uh, well, get some, get some brand attention from someone. Uh, listen, I hope that for out, you. Yeah, right. Someone, I hope that someone out there. Uh, I name dropped. You heard what I want. <laughs> All right. Well, if that's the case, then I believe this is big DK energy signing off.